Welcome back to the All UV Cast channel, of course, where it's All UV all the time. We're coming off the 3-1 victory against uh, Maccabi in Champions League. Okay, we're going to have some fun. We're going to recap it. We're going to review it. And yes, I am solo today, okay? But that's not going to stop us from having fun. Unfortunately, schedules uh, are conflicting and whatnot. And sometimes uh, this season, I've had to come on solo. But it's actually been great because it's been a good opportunity to uh, interact uh, much more with the live chat, which is always absolutely on fire so i look forward to uh, that taking place today i'm going to remind everybody that's listening to this on their audio outlets on the podcast head over to youtube subscribe to the channel okay because there's a lot more in terms of content and we got to see a great little youtube short from uh, omar who was at the match yesterday and whatnot so make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel for daily update videos match day lives getting prepped for matches having fun with predictions and interacting as we get hyped up for the games and then of course you could see some little extras like today's ajc tweet of the match we'll get to all that uh Further on, I want to say what's up to everybody in the live chat, and we'll see what the general feeling is coming out of this game real early on here. So we've got Jeremiah coming in here. Di Maria is a special player, man of the match. Rabio was solid yet again, fast becoming the engine and leader of this team. Vlaovic, extremely wasteful. A hat trick was in the bag. Thank God for Di Maria. Wow, okay. So a lot of stuff that we're definitely going to get into a little bit later on on the show here, Jeremiah. So great, great stuff. Vito coming in here saying good morning, fellas. Decent performance. Tech looking terrible on that goal. We'll talk about uh, all of this, you guys. Yeah, Dushan was extremely uh, in front of goal. He needs to be way more ruthless and clinical. Angel is something else, a class apart. Chiesa would have scored a hat-trick if he was in there, that coming in from Suarit. Uh, Anthony saying, buongiorno, Juventini, glad we got the win, but must continue to improve and work hard. Dushan said after the game, we must put our heads down and work in silence. That is the mentality of a killer. So mentality of his is not in question. However, uh, I've been saying for a while, and it looks like people are starting to come around and see uh, what I was seeing, which is we just got he's got uh, opportunities in front of him that I expect uh, others to be burying, uh, put it in that same position. And if he wants to be one of these uh, poachers, one of these uh, strikers, these elites, he's getting opportunities that he's got to bag. Still, still, though, he is good. He is good, and he's going to grow, and he's going to always continue to approve and whatnot. But his mentality, not in question. Not in question. All right, everybody. Uh, ciao tutti. I'm going to remind you all while you're here to like the video. Of course, if you're new here, subscribe to the channel. What more do you need? We're a group of Juventini uh, that love it. We've started this channel through passion and whatnot, and we continue to grow the AJC Army. So join up with our AJC Army. We talked about Omar's clips yesterday. You would have seen a couple other YouTube shorts. And if you follow us on other outlets like Instagram uh, or TikTok, which just fired up uh, recently, you would see that we've started something new here and i want to open this up to everybody before we get into this game it is now if you or someone you know um or are just an acquaintance through social media are going to be at the juventus matches 
we are asking you to reach out to us and share that experience because this is uh, an opportunity that I wanted to create to allow all of you, which are so great and have been so kind to us in your support of the channel, to actually be part of our social media channels and our YouTube channel and share your videos, your clips of your experience at Juventus matches. Okay. So that kicked off uh, just recently yesterday being the few, uh, and I've actually got more video footage that's being sent to me and photos and everything. So we're definitely going to have a lot of fun with this and look forward to uh, all the footage you can provide and be part of our channel. All right. So fantastic, fantastic stuff that kicked off yesterday and we just want to keep it rolling. Okay. So if you or someone, you know, is going to be at UV matches, make sure you reach out to us. All right. Now, Let's get to this, okay? Um, we've got 3-1 Juventus victory against Maccabi. However, it wasn't uh, as comfortable as that scoreline would suggest. There was a moment, again, in the second half where it got very, very interesting. And again, these moments where we need to be clinical come into question. Real quick news. News coming out of today. There's not a whole lot coming out of that match yesterday and not a lot of news uh, in general today. Uh, DeShilio has a muscle lesion. A muscle lesion, sorry. He's going to be out for about 10 days, okay? But I wouldn't have expected him to start against Milan anyways, so it's not going to be uh, super, super critical. Milik's status is a bit more important with the fact that Di Maria is going to be uh, still serving his suspension against Milan. Um, and Milik, we'll be watching closely to see if he can get in there uh, from the get-go against Milan. Milan themselves de dealing with a lot of injuries. And we will also talk about uh, preparations for the Milan match a little bit later on in the show, okay? But we're going to get into uh, this starting lineup and whatnot uh, going into this Maccabi match, quickly go through highlights, and then get into all the aftermath, okay? So essentially, we've got uh, Chesney, Cuadrado, Bremer, Danilo, Dicilio uh, at the back. We had McKinney, Paredes, Rabio, and Kostic making up the midfield with Di Maria and Vlaovic up top, okay? Uh, played out more as a 4-3-3, and honestly, the biggest thing for us, and I agreed with it in the match day live, talking about what Allegri was saying, which was the mentality, the approach, the attitude, all of that had to change. I will say this, in terms of attitude, um, I thought that the team... Uh, came out very similar to Bologna and whatnot. And in the start of the game, uh, we could have been up very, very early again. Vlaovic and some of the finishing comes into question, but he did force a great stop 10 minutes in, okay, um, after Quadrado uh, fed him uh, coming into the area, about five step overs, and then finally dished it off. Vlaovic trying to sneak it in far post, forced a really, really good save. Couple moments later, though, Vlaovic gets another opportunity after working with Kostic, and this one he does absolutely awful with. And this is one of those opportunities the ball's coming across to him. He's got an open cage, staring at an open cage. He did well to create the space and everything. Kostic did well to find him. He's got to put that one in, in my personal opinion. At least an opportunity on target, at least force a save, something. And he actually muffed the shot completely and it just dribbled uh, and rolled out of bounds. So uh, we've uh, got to do a little bit better there. Again, we'll talk more on Vlaovic a little bit later. 35th minute is where we get it right. And uh, right about as the whistles and jeers were going to come in from the Juventini at the stadium, um, Quadrado. Very, very fortunate that his pass gets through because it was a bad pass. Rabio still gets to Rabio. Rabio 
works a given go with Di Maria. Di Maria with a perfectly weighted ball and Rabio scores. Okay. Uh Rabio uh breaking his uh, drought of 50 games. Okay. So he scores his first in 50 games uh to make it one nil for Juventus. Uh the halftime uh whistle comes upon us. We're up one nil. Okay. Second half. We got to put these guys away. You want to get the job sealed. We get off to a perfect start. Bremer cuts one out in our area, finds Di Maria, and Di Maria finds Vlaovic with, again, a really, really nice through ball. And Vlaovic does well this time. He also does well even to hold up his run just to stay on. As you see, the, st the strides and the steps shorten up real quick, waiting for that ball, and then gone. And uh, he does very, very well to wait it out and then put it past uh, the keeper. 2-0 up. 63rd minute, another great finish and great through ball. Di Maria to Vlaovic, and Vlaovic does perfectly on this one, working it around the keeper, putting it in, but then we get the offside. Offside, unfortunately, okay? And then you've got uh, 74th minute. Again, we should be smooth sailing, 2-0 and whatnot, but let up, some let up. Keen comes into the game. 74th minute, a keen shot gets blocked, and Maccabi goes basically right back at us, straight through the middle. Locatelli tried to win the ball. He could not, and uh, the ball gets beyond Bremer. Chesney on this one, I don't, I didn't see anybody arguing this, but he simply, if you're going to come out that far, Chesney is miles out of goal. If you're going to come out that far, you better be 120% confident that you were going to get that ball and Chesney does not. And the substitute for Maccabi ends up putting it past him and then putting it in the net. Now, all of a sudden things get interesting. They also come right back six minutes later, hitting the post on a free kick. I do think Chesney was there to parry it or block it away after that. Okay. However, uh, again, post still hit two minutes later though, Rabio, after getting his first in 50 games, gets to a header off a Di Maria corner kick and puts it in 3-1, and that's got to seal it. However, Maccabi still hits a post after that. Uh, Azizli there was playing uh, out of his mind, really. Uh, big, big impact for them. But 3-1, job done. Okay, we got the win. All right. So were there mistakes? Was there a little bit of let up? Second half, we allowed that team to really build up that sense of belief in themselves. I don't like that. We need to step on throats, seal things off, and finish that. However, um, ultimately, this one was a must win. Had to get the job done. Got the job done. Worry about the details. Worry about uh, the let up and cleaning all that up look on to Milan. Um, there's still a lot of work to do in Champions League, and we're going to get into all that and the aftermath here. Overall, my thoughts on this game, we need to be more clinical, and that's one of the things that comes up. Uh, sometimes creating opportunities is an issue for Juventus in this one. There was space. We were taking advantage of them. They were doing a good job. But uh, again, you have to be more clinical. Uh, Maccabi should have never been within striking distance of Juventus in this game, if we're being completely honest. However, was there positives and whatnot? Sure. There was a little bit more swag with uh, Di Maria in the lineup. It took a bit for him to get going, took a bit for the team to get going, but they started to find uh, lanes and avenues to hurt Maccabi. Unfortunately, again, 
the finishing wasn't there, but they were doing well in terms of creation and getting those opportunities. Second half, I still don't want to see those drop-offs in focus and uh, attitude and approach. Kind of, they just get a little too comfortable a little too early, okay? But uh, again, we got the job done. Now it's on to Milan, which is another crucial one, okay? Man of the match. We're going to talk man of the match. Who was everybody's man of the match? Obviously, Di Maria, three assists, uh, fantastic game. Um, I would assume everybody's going to go with Di Maria. Di Maria winning the official man of the match. Um, obviously, he's on the uh, title of this particular episode uh, on the cover page. Di Maria. Di Maria. I will say Rabio should be in that discussion as well. Um, Rabio had one hell of a match. If you look at him uh, statistically, he won 10 out of 11 duels. He added three out of four aerial duel victories. He scored two goals. Um, he's definitely, definitely right there next to Di Maria in this one. Probably one of the best games uh, Rabio's played. And uh, we're going to get into uh, the players themselves and whatnot. Man of the match, I think it's Di Maria or Rabio, and I'm fine if you pick uh, either either one of them. Um, and uh, a question coming in from Jeremiah, other than Di Maria, Rabio was, uh, Rabio was another man of the match. Absolutely. There you go. And Angel, 100%, uh, no goals without him. He is only creative player, uh, salary well spent. There you go. So uh, Di Maria or Rabio, we're fine there. Now, Said we were going to have some fun today, everybody. We're going to have some fun. The AJC tweet of the match. So we've covered the performance, the man of the match, and then we'll talk more about individuals and players and whatnot. But first, we're going to have some fun. AJC tweet of the match. Let's see what was kind of out there. And we'll let you, the viewers, select who the winner of the AJC tweet of the match was. All right. So let's get to the first one. This one I just found funny because after the goal that I mentioned that uh, was ruled off by offside, you see this new technology video style uh, um, interpretation of showing you the offside. And I just think it's funny because it looked so strange to me. So, so strange. But here's the first one. And uh, it's pretty uh, just what the F is this? What the F is this? Uh, I found it hilarious uh, with these uh, these images and whatnot, look, making the players look like they're crash test dummies and whatnot uh, to uh, show the offside or whatnot. So this one just made me laugh. This is the one we could probably thank, and this is our friend uh, Nicholas uh, on Twitter and whatnot, and uh, obviously member of the, the Calcio guys who uh, we love, and uh, they love our show as well. He probably got it all going with this tweet right there. Uh, Di Maria looks worse now than Bernadeschi ever did with Juve, but y'all aren't ready to have that conversation. This is a perfect uh, tweet that aged very, very well as Di Maria uh, bags three assists uh, and starting almost immediately after this tweet, and Nicholas never heard the end of it. So this one made me laugh, and I told him I was going to put him on blast for this one okay um the other one would be this one from lex made me laugh okay there is no way 9.22 goals just this i could sense the sheer disbelief um at what uh what she was seeing whatnot so that was funny this one is great okay so we've had tweet one tweet two tweet three tweet four this one made me laugh 
a lot. And uh, obviously, just due to the sizing of the images and whatnot, it's clearly Di Maria with his MVP award uh, for the match, Man of the Match award as the fourth. This is pretty funny uh, and really made me laugh. So there you have it. There's your four tweets. I'll go back again. You've got tweet one, uh, laughing at these images. You've got tweet two, at Nick. You've got tweet three over here with Lex. And you've got tweet four over here with Seva. So let's get the votes in here. Let's pick the AJC tweet of the match. And then we will... Uh, share the victor uh on uh twitter and all our channels there but uh let's see what do we have where are the votes standing here come on let's see i'm gonna think for me it's between uh it's gonna be between yeah it's gonna be between nick because of just how poorly this aged and then this as well so yeah, probably one of these two. One of these two. Let's get some votes in here. Save uh Vito's laughing at uh save us there. We might have to uh might have to give him the the victory here, okay? Uh Vito again just stressed it. Save there you go. There you go. We'll wait for some more votes roll in here, but that might be it. That might be the tweet of the match. Now, everybody, let's get to uh the goods coming out of this one. Uh, talking points and whatnot, uh, player performances and everything. So we spoke in quite a bit uh, leading up to this game. Uh, we've got another vote there. There you go. There you go. I think it's the victor. Okay, let's just say it. Let's just say it. That's it. That's the one right there. Okay, we'll tweet that out. So um, spoke a lot of great length uh, when we had Chesney returning from injury. And we had Pitting, obviously being September's man of the match. Uh, one key point for me that I was going to bring up uh, today is that for me, Pitting is our starting keeper. Um, I don't care much about salary. I don't care about years with the club. I don't care much about any of that. It comes down to performances. And I said leaning into this one um, and just... Hey, Tex, our starting keeper. Uh, there was people saying Tex, our starting keeper. And Anthony and I disagreed on this particular topic because he said, no, Tex, our starting keeper. You shouldn't lose your spot due to injury. And I said, here's the thing. Tech is not mistake prone, but he has blips. He has blips. Pitting, we've seen a lot less, if any, uh, real standout errors from Pitting. And he was our MVP heading into the string of matches. October, because of what we've accomplished in September, which was very, very poor in terms of results, um, basically, we've left ourselves little wiggle room. You don't change that. And I will stand behind this. Maybe Pitting, maybe Pitting doesn't stop that one. But I find it hard to believe that he would make it that easy, especially with a defender that's contesting that ball still. Again, it's just that moment, that situation, that decision. Again, not saying that that player still wouldn't have scored or done something, but Bremer was, again, on him, on him. And uh, I just, I don't think Pitting makes that error. And that allowed... Maccabi even more faith in trying to pull something, even a draw out of this game. 
So for me, if you have a team and you're trying to get the wheels rolling in the right situation, whatnot, and I'm not being too hard on tech just for that error, whatnot, but for me, you don't have an issue. Don't open up. Don't open up one. Okay. Hey, I get it. You're back from injury. We'll work you in and whatnot, but uh, you know, you've got to get back into that and he'll have his moments. He'll have his matches, but uh, the big ones, if a guy's playing like that, uh, like Pitting was and whatnot, you just keep it going. And it also opens up that competition between players in positions. And you need that. You need that. That's healthy for a team. You absolutely have to have that competition. And uh, I just don't like it when things are just given and players almost get this entitlement to roles and positions. Like it's just a given. Yeah, I'm I'm the guy. Like I'll be back and I'll be playing in there. I, I don't really like that. There should be competition for positions across team. That's just how I feel. Now we're going to see how the live chat kind of uh, – feels if they agree with me or not. So Jason coming in here saying, I agree with you, Matia Perin should have been uh, left to keep as number one. His form has been unreal. Um, so there you go. So I did say, and let's be honest, that was a phenomenal through ball by their captain. Should he? Absolutely. The through ball was great, but it doesn't change the fact that Bremer is still right on the player's tail. Um, and he's right there. If tech comes out as nice as a through ball is, it still doesn't change the fact. If a keeper is going to come out beyond 22 yards, he better be damn sure he's getting the ball. That does not change. Does not change. Beetle saying, yes, yes, I agree with you, Al. If you don't get, uh, if you do get hurt, then yes, you still lose your spot, such as life in sports. And I don't think it just has to do with the injury. Again, just comes down to the performances and where the team is at. If the team's struggling or nothing changes and Perrine was just playing, you know, average, okay, Tech can come in. You go back to Tech, no problems. But at the level he was playing, I think you keep Perrine going. Um, it's just something that I feel about and think about. Um, that's all. Uh, Faye is coming in and saying, do, uh, Berto, do we still missing something in this team? If you were able to change Juve, where would you start? This is a very, very good question. Uh, is, uh, is there something still missing? I think there's still that level, <clears throat> excuse me, of threat at fullback position. I truly, truly do believe it. Uh, you know, if you get one serious game breaker at a fullback position, that could be the next piece. Um, in terms of the midfield, when we get the midfield right, there are it's 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 pretty good. We're not far off in the midfield, to be honest, uh, in my personal opinion. But there's still just a couple pieces. But again, you might have those pieces. Just got to get them healthy. Let's wait and see. But uh, a fullback, without question, has to be brought into this team. Maybe even in the winter mercado. But uh, we'll see what happens. See what happens. Okay. I just want to say one of my touching points was. Pedin, Pedin is the guy for me. Um, now, the game plan itself. Um, do any of you feel, okay, like the game plan is a little one-dimensional? We see Di Maria coming back into action for this Champions League game. And did it feel forced for much of it? Uh, like we were just trying to find him and allowing him to just be that creator and just make something happen. Um, did it feel 
like that was forced at all or did you think it was good in terms of team playing with him being that creator for me honestly um Di Maria did great but I've also seen the matches where he's struggled and we forced to him try to find him and just rely on him being that uh first piece in terms of what evolves from the team and I think this team in general whether Di Maria is in or Di Maria is out, seems to have this issue with balancing how they want to attack. And again, I do still believe this stems from one of the things Allegri's been heavily criticized for this season. He was also criticized for it in the year 18-19 um, when he was basically uh, fired at the end of it. And that's just that uh, there's not a lot in terms of set design and structure offensively. So I think any way you slice it, we're going to fall into these traps where we become predictable. Saying that the talent is going to help and Di Maria coming in there and whatnot. You know, obviously you need your key guys and you need your star players to be star players and impact games and whatnot. But you also can't be one dimensional for the matches where it just doesn't work for those players because sometimes that will happen. And sometimes teams will build game plans. That's right, our opponents, because there's always two teams on the pitch. If our opponents rule a guy out, you need to have that backup and you need to have that team play. I still need to see more um, solidity and unity and cohesion with everybody working together. There were moments in yesterday's game where that showed and it worked. But overall, I think there's still much, much more work to do in bringing the team together and still allowing those star players to be those star players and thrive. And honestly, like I said, that first goal before that came, the whistles and the jeerings were starting to come and Di Maria wasn't doing much. Um, and then after that, obviously, it turned. It turned. But we could do much, much better. Um, RB comps already getting into Milan, have a handful of injuries, no excuses. We'll get to Milan, my friend. We will get to Milan. I want to remind everybody, please take a minute to uh, like the video while you're here. Okay. If you're new, subscribe to the channel, whatnot. We're going to get to uh, some more talking points here. Di Maria, um, nonetheless, fantastic game. Okay. Fantastic game. Three assists. That brings him to 38 total in Champions League. He's four behind Cristiano Ronaldo for the all-time lead. And um, honestly, uh, what's wild is if you take a look at how many matches uh, Di Maria has in the Champions League and where he's at in the assist thing in terms of minutes uh, played versus uh, Ronaldo and even Messi, who he just surpassed, because it's uh, just less than half uh of the minutes um that those guys have put in the champions league if i'm uh, not mistaken so it's pretty wild uh massive massive props to paredes there or sorry di maria paredes is the next guy i want to talk to after this match i received uh, about uh four or five dms from um uh juventini when not asking me my thoughts on paredes so i want to ask all of you right now in the live to give me your thoughts on Paredes so far and Paredes yesterday in that match, okay? And uh, while we wait for some Paredes uh, comments to come in here in the live chat, I just want to focus on some of the other uh, items everyone's talking about here. Um, Cuadrado would have been better on the bench. Cuadrado continues 
this season to show me why it's time. It is time to say goodbye. Okay. Quadrado has uh, just had a poor, poor start to this year. And uh, honestly, like I said, he found Dushan Vlaovic on one opportunity earlier on. He had our goal that the first one where Rabio scored, it was a piss poor pass. Uh, if we're being honest from Juan Quadrado and should have easily been cut out by that defender. We were extremely fortunate that defender uh, didn't uh, cut that one out and get it out of there. So um, yeah, Quadrado, I agree with the comments coming in about Quadrado. Um, RB comps loved Quadrado, but it's over. That's right. It is. It is. Now, Paredes. Paredes. RBCom saying poor to average, okay, uh, in terms of Paredes. Animesh saying Paredes is a great complement to a functioning midfield. He can't make a difference by himself. Ah, okay. Swarit saying Paredes is very good as a regista. Locatelli should be the right midfield with Rabio as a left midfielder. Okay. Okay. Jeremiah saying Paredes was good, but unfortunately, he couldn't rely on McKinney. McKinney was awful again. All right, all right. So here's my thoughts on Paredes. So I thought yesterday was a very, very safe and low-effort performance from Paredes. He was not good, didn't do anything great, and uh, he wasn't bad wasn't bad um it's just very very safe um i don't see this massive massive uh change in having paredes there versus locatelli i actually see locatelli being stronger defensively than uh, paredes to be honest positionally um in terms where paredes has to win the ball and battle for challenges he does quite well but, uh, you know, he moved around very little as far as being options in certain moments. Uh, there was moments he could have, you know, rushed there, got there a bit quicker, tried to be that option, and he really wasn't doing it. Um, 62 touches, that's pretty much been the average for our Regista this uh, season, even last season. 60 to 70 touches is where our Regista's kind of land. Um, he was the same there. Um, didn't get dispossessed a lot, had a high passing percentage, but again, those passes were very, very safe. And Locatelli got hit and lashed out at uh, by some fans uh, criticizing him. We then found out he was playing through injury and whatnot, but I don't see this massive gap or change between Paredes and Locatelli, to be honest. And defensively, I actually think Locatelli is above Paredes because uh, a lot of the things uh, Paredes has to do defensively are to save um, opportunities and chances and whatnot. And that's usually because Locatelli is in the right position ahead of time defensively. Uh, but he has his faults too. They all do. In terms of what we usually are rating these Regises for, well, not us, but there's a lot of people that look at Locatelli look at Paredes now and saying, where are these vertical passes? Where is all this uh, game-changing thing from our Regista? It's not going to happen, guys. Uh, we just don't play that game. We don't. <clears throat> if you're looking for these uh, through balls, these aerial long balls, these, uh, it, it just it's not going to really happen because we don't play that game. We play a game where we try to break the lines in the middle, find our one source of creation, and go from there. 
that's what we do. That's what we do. If you watch training sessions, um, and I've seen that one live, I go back to it all the time. You could see clear as day. If you look at all the game film from all the games we've played this season, that is what we look to do. We look to break the lines and then move ahead with that one player and look at our avenues, either coming up the wing, going up the side. That's what we're, that's what we're trying to do. Um, and it's the same. It's the same uh, all the way through. It's just we're not going to get uh, this game-breaking play out of there. But again, between the two of them, I don't see this huge, huge change between Paredes and Locatelli, um, having Paredes in there all the time. Is he a good player? Sure, he's a good player. Is he um, extraordinary in that spot or whatnot? Not really. Not really. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Would we have been better off to keep Rovella around and use Rovella as a change-up to Locatelli? Well, here's the thing. Everybody's saying now Locatelli needs to be the right midfielder. At least until Pogba comes back, you have Rabio, Paredes, and Locatelli. This seems to be the general consensus on the midfield and how we should operate moving forward. I'm going to ask all of you, is that your midfield preferred? Okay, is that your preferred midfield moving forward until Pogba comes back? We'll see. Let's get B1897 to weigh in here on Paredes. Paredes is just mediocre since he came. Should attempt more vertical passes and more passes overall. For sure, he brought a new dimension to our midfield, but he does not stand out from the rest. I think that's a fair assessment. And again, in terms of these uh, vertical passes and whatnot, there's just not a lot of opportunity there for these guys to do that in how we play. We do need to start to mix it up, and we do need to find those. Maybe, just maybe, when Chiesa comes back, he'll be the guy that can offer some of those opportunities for these guys to find those vertical passes and whatnot. We will see. Jeremiah saying now, Paredes saved us with a flying header to block a Maccabi shot on goal. If we conceded, we would have been in trouble. Yeah, but he had to do that after stumbling up and being out of position, coming back, trying to trying to win that ball back. So it's, again, it's a bit uh, twofold. That uh, whatever, that uh, dive uh, there to uh, block the shot, Fantastic. I appreciate the effort and commend the effort that he gave in doing that. Exceptional block. It was. It was. But again, overall, Paredes has not elevated us or lifted us to anything uh, much better. That's just my opinion. My opinion. Can it change? Of course it can change. Does he need better players around him? We'll see. McKenney. Everybody's talking about McKenney. McKenney, again, simply anonymous in this game. Um, it just, uh, isn't, uh, working. It just isn't working. Um, you can't find ways to get, um, an impact, get involved. Um, I see a lot of struggles with him in terms of position, uh, just positional struggles, especially once the ball gets out to the flank, he seems to just, um, he just runs away. He just he moves too far forward to be an option. He's usually moving ahead of uh, whoever's playing fullback at that moment, whether it be Danilo, whether it be Quadrado. He just moves ahead of them, and he's literally behind um, one of uh, the opposition players. And it's just like we cannot find you the ball there, McKinney. And it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. Uh, there's no other way around it. McKinney has not been uh very useful to us so he's got to step it up he's got to step it up Dells there's a great player in Rabio 
It's just a case of getting him out. My statement on Adrian Rabio is very simple coming out of this game. And this was before I I've been saying this for a while too. He has his role. He has um, his game that can be very, very useful and make a big impact for Juventus. He's physical. He can win balls. He's, we talked about the numbers in this game for Rabio. Uh, fantastic game. Hell, he found two goals. He won 10 out of 11 duels, uh, winning the ball for us a ton of times, three out of four aerially. Um, he just had a solid, solid game. He had same amount of touches, uh, I think a little bit more than uh, Paredes in the middle of the park there. So he was very much involved. He, he had a great, great game. For me, the statement as far as Rabio goes is very, very simple. The only problem with Rabio, the only problem with him is his salary. It's his salary. That is it. If people want to talk about his game, what he brings, and everything like that, he is a good midfielder. He he is. He is. He has his role. He can he can fulfill it. If we're looking for him to be anything more like this. 10 goal scoring midfielder, this, um, you know, all this, this creator or whatnot like that, that ain't him. That's not his game, but he showed he can impact. He showed us he can make impacts the game. He can find goals here and there. He can create havoc. He's got an engine. Okay. He is in great physical shape. He's always available. The only issue with Adrian Rabio is his salary. I continue to ask this question because, you know, we love hypotheticals around here on the all UV cast. If he were to accept an extension, okay, at a lowered salary, would you accept him staying Juventus? I'm going to leave that for the live here to get their uh, answers in here because uh, for me, if he would accept, and this is the part where everybody comments, he won't. He won't accept. His mother, who's his agent, will not accept uh, lower pay and whatnot. Deepak coming in here immediately saying yes. Um, th the only problem, Dell saying no-brainer. It's, it's a yes. It's a yes. If we were able to sign him to an extension at a lower um, salary, it would have to be a yes based on what he's given us. Now, there are some fears that he's just playing this way because it's leading into a World Cup and uh, he's on a contract year. Hey, that's a possibility or whatnot. But you still can't take away that when it comes down pound for pound in the midfield of guys doing their job, he has consistently this season done his job for Juventus. And he's done it at a pretty solid level he's also reaching years that could be peak years for him so it's it's a tough one i know my man lou is going to hate this segment of the show and doesn't want to hear any of this and what i'm saying but i'm telling you the only problem with him other than his mom the only problem with adrian rabbit is the salary okay um the salary how much salary that we accept. So what would be a salary that we would expect, accept? Um, 
honestly, I would say for him, based on our pay structure and where everybody is, yeah, you're somewhere around the four to five mil is where he should be, not the seven and a half, uh, you know, and bonus or whatnot. That's that's too way too much. It's got to be cut close to close to half, uh, slightly over. Um, yeah, so is what is what it is though. We wait and see, but it seems that everybody's pretty much uh, agree there. So three and a half to four mil from Vito. I think three and a half is a tough, tough uh, sell there. Yeah, I'd expect four, four point five somewhere in there, but uh, yeah. We will see. We'll see. Um, interesting, though, that uh, majority of the live seem to agree. Uh, I know Lou's going to hate that, but it is what it is. Let's talk quickly about the group. Uh, we saw that uh, Benfica and PSG had drawn, okay? Um, so they got the draw 1-1. This has many feeling that now that's over. You needed PSG to win and whatnot, but I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way at all. Uh, so much can change. So much can still happen, okay? So... With the 1-1 one, one there, obviously, uh, PSG, uh, Benfica, they will sit there at uh, seven points. Juventus now at three. Next week, we will have the return match against Maccabi in Israel, of course. Got to be a win. We know we got to win these two against Maccabi. We've known that before these results. Depending on what happens with PSG and Benfica, it's still far from over. Okay, Benfica will then... Of course, we still play Benfica and we still play uh, PSG. We have to win next week against Maccabi. We have to win against Benfica. We have to beat Benfica and we have to do it in Portugal. So it's going to be very, very difficult. So it's still a lot of work on our own part before we factor in, um, you know, the help that we would need. But it's far from over, far from over. Benfica's last game is against Maccabi and it's away from home. It's in Israel. Maccabi's given all three of these teams, Juve, PSG, and Benfica, problems and not been a pushover by any means. So in Israel, things could change. Things could change. First, let's take it one game at a time. Let's get our stuff uh, handled. Okay, let's get the wins we need. Otherwise, none of this will even matter. So we start next week, and then let's just wait and see. Because uh, depending on what PSG and Benfica, what happens in their next match, Things could get very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay, far from over, though. Far from over, though. And I wouldn't be surprised. Just like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Benfica pulled something out of uh, one of these uh, PSG matches. Wasn't surprised with the draw yesterday. I wouldn't be surprised if Maccabi pulls something in that last game against Benfica in the group stage. And again, it's all up to us. It's all up to us. But, you know... We still have PSG coming at home. We need to get hot. We need to take care of our own games. Who knows what can happen in Turin against PSG? I know. Tough, tough ask. And hell of a team you're up against. And giving up, surrendering uh, talent and whatnot. But you just never know on Champions League nights. You just never, never know. So one game at a time. One game at a time. All right. Um, let's see here. So... Jeremiah say I'm hope for a PSG win or another draw between them and Benfica. I believe we can win all our remaining games. We can beat both PSG and Benfica. I truly believe. I believe as well. Hey, we're our own worst enemy. But again, if you don't believe, well, hey, believing is free. It's easy. It's easy to be optimistic. It's easy to have hope. It's up to the team to get the job done. One game at a time, everybody. One game at a time. Kiesa comes back. 
for that Benfica game. And then we have him for PSG too. Things could get interesting. Things could get interesting. Pogba comes back. Just wait. Just wait. Just take it one game at a time, everybody. Okay, one game at a time. Speaking of one game at a time, Milan. Milan coming up this weekend, okay? That's going to be a big one, um, obviously. And I want to remind everybody, while I get into uh, kind of previewing Milan and we'll get our thoughts here, start dropping your Storm the Barn questions, okay? Because it's one of the great uh, times to do it, um, especially when uh, I'm solo, okay? And it's just us uh, in this, and we can get a hell of a lot closer here between all of us. Get those Storm the Barn questions, okay? Um, let's get in there. Milan. Milan uh, this weekend. We know that they're dealing with uh, a lot of absentees. We don't know exactly who is going to be back uh, for them when not for us. Di Maria still faces suspension. We're waiting on uh, Milik to see how he uh, goes. It was being rumored, uh, you know, about a week ago that uh, Kesa could be in the lineup, not starting or whatnot, but on the bench. Um, now we're hearing it's going to be later on this month, probably around 21st or 25th. Um, but uh, yeah, outside of that, still Pogba are waiting on Dishilio now, just recently added to it. Okay, but in terms of AC Milan, you've got Kyra out, Ibrahimovic, Florenzi, Calabria, Hernandez, Macias, and Salamakers. I don't know who is all coming back, but I don't care. All right, so. Regardless of who's in there for them, um, Juventus needs to continue to work with their heads down and in silence, like Dushan has reiterated, like Max Allegri has been saying, they need to continue to work in that manner, okay? And um, they just need to basically focus on themselves. Because like I said before, we are our own worst enemy, okay? So I'm not so worried about Milan. I'm worried about Juventus. What Juventus are we going to see? Uh, Max spoke about a team that seems to look like they can get nervous and lose their heads after conceding um, against Maccabi. That's what he didn't like. He didn't like how we finished the game, even though we scored that goal to Rabio again, quickly allowed them to come back, allowed them to get another great opportunity in which they hit the post. He was very, very upset. He was infuriated by it. You could see it on uh, the replays. You could see it on uh, live when they showed it. They broke to him and he was absolutely livid and rightfully so. They need to shake that. And this is why I say we can talk about these other teams. We can talk about Milan, these injuries, whatever, no excuses. There really um, isn't any excuses anyways because Juventus is capable of more than what we're seeing. It's a matter of putting it all together, okay? Um, there, are multiple, uh, there are multiple areas that we need work in, mentality, um, organization, structure, uh, performances, uh, cohesion, everything, obviously. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing is this team has got to believe. And when they can see, they need to have the toughness to just pick up that ball, get it back to center, and go. You don't want to see head down. Body language is a big thing. And when you watch this Juventus, the body language isn't and hasn't been consistent. And that shows you that there's work to be done, okay? But uh, in terms of this Milan one, a big, big match. Juve's Got to win this October in Syria. Four out of five have to be wins for Juventus. The Milan one would be a massive, massive boost in this month, which is going to be very, very crucial for Juventus. Okay. So this one coming up this weekend is going to be big. Storm the barn. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. 
Um, first, I like this from Jer from Jeremiah. Milan is very vulnerable right now. We should take advantage and destroy them. Yes, we should always destroy them anyways. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, let's see here. RB comps. Do you believe Max can completely save his job? So, first storm the barn we're coming at is going to be with Max. Can he completely save his job? <clears throat> yeah. Um, obviously, his job right now, uh, we talked about this on the Match Day Live yesterday, and Anthony and I both agreed that if he was going to be let go, it would have happened by now. It would have already happened, okay? And I don't believe right now the intentions are to get rid of Max at the moment. Um, I don't know if they're looking at anything for the end of the season because all of a sudden the talks about Max have just completely shut down um, in terms of him leaving or Juventus possible options and everything like that. So could have been one of those moments where you just, um, you know, the media tabloids all this it's the time to strike it's the time to get that engagement and reach and you hit it can max completely save his job though and just crush any of uh the fans uh, desires to get rid of him it would take a lot it would take a lot um first of all the results we've got to we've got to get positive results we need to go on a run we need to uh basically compete we need to beat some top teams. He needs to get results against top teams. Last season, he didn't manage any against top four winning sides. This team needs to grow. They need to show that they're progressing. They need to show that they're moving forward and evolving and start to succeed and start to get uh, results. Um, the sense of belief, the mentality is a big thing because if we're getting results, we're squeaking by, but this team isn't necessarily playing strong or growing I think uh, it's still going to shine a negative light in terms of Max. But uh, he might not have necessarily a job to save because they might not necessarily be even looking to move him. Nedved said basically yesterday that there was never for a moment any doubt about uh, Max or getting rid of him. Nedved's also got a bad, bad track record uh, over the past couple of years of things he's said about players uh, and even uh, Max dating back to 18, 19, whatnot. And then they're shortly after they are gone. Saw that with Dybala, saw this with the leg. He saw a number of, number of instances where this happened. Okay. So maybe that was the kiss of death from Pavel himself saying that uh, there's never any doubt there in Max, but Max has to has to get this team playing strong and believing in themselves. And uh, he needs his key guys to be thriving. If we have guys like Vlaovic who are frustrating and not succeeding and not getting goals, and um, he, he can't have that, that's going to be catastrophic for him. Any of our core guys, Chiesa once involved and once able to play um, minutes from the start or whatnot, has to be thriving. If he has our key guys, Locatelli, this all this Locatelli uh, in doubt and all this and um, criticisms facing him, he's got to get Locatelli playing well too. All of our core guys need to play well. 
at the time when we were going through poor results and you start hearing about guys like Bremer, who's a newcomer, not understanding what Max is wanting from the team and whatnot, you can't have any of that. That's going to be crucial for Max. Have the players on his side, get results, okay? Um, and no more dropping matches to lower sides uh, for sure. And he's got to beat some of the top clubs. He's got to have all those aspects to it, okay? Um, and then we'll see what happens. Should we play 3-5-2 against Milan? Dushan and Milik up top, Kostic Quadrado as wingbacks. Your thoughts? So for me, if Milik's in, I would have him in at the start. And I think if you're going to play a two-man setup uh, for Juve, I know Max is probably going to want to go with a 4-4-2 that's a bit hybrid in terms of one of those you end up with a midfielder that's playing as an outside. I don't like it. And then you have Kostic that's just bombing up the other side. Um, yeah, I, I don't really like it. 3-5-2, a lot more natural and cleaner. So I would say yes to 3-5-2 with Dushan and Milik up top. Because if Milik's healthy, the form he's in, he needs to play up there. He needs to play up there. No Di Maria in either is another reason. Um, make it happen in the middle of the park. Um, I would like to see Moretti to help support the two forwards and have some uh, dynamic play and creation out of the middle of the pitch. Um, maybe, just maybe, you can go with Locatelli, Rabio, and Paredes. But I honestly, I'm not, uh, and I haven't been, in line with everybody's thoughts on Locatelli being this box to box that can move forward and uh, provide this uh, creation, whatnot. I just, I don't think he's the guy. That's just me. But I would say yes to a 3 5 2 against that. Uh, Beto saying Milan and Juve both have injuries. How do you like our chance? I love our chances. Um, Juventus can beat any of the clubs they play against. Again, we are just, over these past few years, I've said it nonstop, we are our own worst enemy. All this talk about our roster and all this and lacking quality, lacking this, and look, there are squads out there that give us fits, that give other top team fits, and they surrender quality all the time, okay? And again, it just comes up to getting that team play, getting that sense of belief, that swagger back and building confidence and building momentum and just keeping it rolling. Um, the quality that we have is not poor by any means. This is still a good roster, even missing some of these guys. So, yeah, I love our chances. And I expect a victory this weekend in Milan. I do. I really, really do. Okay? Everybody... Quick reminder again, get those likes up, all right? Take a second, like this video, please. Okay, let's get it. It all helps. It all helps. Now, let's keep it rolling with Storm the Barn. You guys have been great. Uh, we got a ton here. Uh, I want to say shout-out to uh, Dom Child, Dom from uh, Australia. When do you think Kesa will be back? We talked about this a little bit uh, earlier. Uh, it's about October 21st to 25th is roughly when he should be back, Dom, Okay. And we're all uh, keeping tabs on that one. Can't wait to get uh, Chiesa back. By the way, speaking of Chiesa, just picked up this little beauty. So I recently got back into uh, card collecting, okay? Um, a hobby I haven't been into since I was about, you know, 11 to 13 years old or whatnot. But I just picked up this little beauty. 
of Mr. Federico Chiesa origins card numbered. Okay. Numbered uh, 23 of 99. Just missed the 22 that matches his number on that card. Anthony, our good friend Anthony from the channel, says uh, it's worth more value when you can match the numbers to the numbers the players wear. I didn't know that, but it's a sweet, sweet card. Okay, I've got some great uh, Chiesa stuff. Oh, yeah. Actually, just picked up uh, the rated rookie, and this one's slabbed up very nicely. Uh, got a 10 rating from PSA, which is uh, mint. 10 is, 10 is tops. Pretty cool stuff. But yeah, if anybody's into that, lovely, lovely. But uh, yeah, I am collecting uh, Chiesa, banking on uh, banking on our boy there, Juventini, okay? Now, without further ado, storm the barn. And keep them coming. If you got more questions, keep them coming, everybody. All right, your thoughts. It's good to see the team trusting Max again and vice versa. Trust is a two-way street. This changes many things, especially our confidence. Agreed, question mark. This is the reason that I said after Monza and all the turmoil, all the commotion that went down, why you had to make a change. It was when you start to hear about the players and um, this whole mess that's going on in the locker room. Start hearing about Agnelli coming down there, Nedbit coming down there, and Benucci and Allegri going at it and all this. And you're thinking, my God, how do you turn this around? When the play, on top of it, the play has been so abysmal. So abysmal. When you had all that going on, oh, I just I thought there was no way he could turn this thing around. And I will say this. With these two victories, it still technically hasn't been completely turned around. However, there has been a shift there, okay? And what you're saying, Jeremiah, you're right, because you can see that there's it's definitely not this attitude, not this feeling that you were you could possibly see around Monza where maybe they had given up on Max. And... We talked about this on a couple shows ago saying that that international break was probably the perfect timing for Juventus and its players. The guys got to just leave, go on international duty. The guys did well. Our players that went on international duty did well. Everybody got just this reprieve from one another, Max and players and Juve, and just got to get back playing games, they did well in their games, they come back, and they've come back with the hunger to make things right. So this is a massive credit to Max and the players um, for showing this drive and the attitude and the approach to make things right, and everybody's starting to say the right things, and they're starting to say the same thing as Max in the pressers and in interviews, and that's big, that's key. Because for a while there, even leading up to it, you would have one player say one thing and Max would completely uh, contradict it or Max would say something and the player then would contradict him. But now they're all starting to say the same thing. So maybe, just maybe, Max has completely shifted that thing. And going back to RB Comps' question um, in terms of how Max has saved himself, getting the players all on board is a big part of it. So massive, massive credit 
to uh, him for turning that around. Cause I will be honest. I didn't think it was possible to happen. Uh, okay. But uh, we'll see. We will see uh, if he can keep it going, if he can turn around and get them going on a run. Okay. Now we will see more storm the barn. If you guys have them, keep them rolling, keep them rolling. Um, Tom camp. You have an Insta account. Absolutely. It's all UV cast. Look us up there. Okay. We are there. Uh, Jay Sam Panini football stickers. I got the Panini football stickers too. These are actual, uh, cards though. Okay. Actual, uh, cards. And, uh, yes. What are you saying? Lovely betting a star man, betting on Kiesa, my man, betting on Kiesa. But, uh, yeah, it's actually, I love the hobby. Okay. Um, just uh, getting back into it, whatnot. I've wanted to for a while, and then Anthony, uh, obviously, very, very much involved in uh, it, and it's just, it's just good times. It takes me back to uh, when I was a kid and collecting all those and whatnot. It's just great. It's great. Got uh, my nephew into it now too, and he's just jacked up and whatnot. So it's good, good stuff. Michael, do you think Agnelli will make peace with the fans? Yesterday we played in a library. I just want to see a good vibe in the stadium. Every game we play is an away game. So this continues to creep up. Um, <clears throat> there's no way around it. Um, everybody can see it. Um, in the match day live, Anthony and myself spoke about it uh, a bit. And yeah, I don't see any way of it turning until you get the diehards in there that spur everyone on okay the ultras they're not there um you know the return or whatnot that we heard about that was about a month ago it was like 10 percent. that's 10 percent of what the curva usually consists of and until Agnelli gets that right it ain't gonna change these guys are the heart and soul of uh that fortress and it all starts there the banners the flags, the drums, the chants, the singing that happens nonstop, no matter what the scoreline is. The rest of the fans feed off that. If you go to one of these matches, when the curva was actually in full uh, effect, you can see the traveling fans, all this, whatnot, that they look, they look at the curva sometimes, even if the play is on the other end, they look there. They look there for what they're getting up next to to get everybody ramped up to get things going and the chance and the the it, it's an, it, it's incredible it's electric. You have to fix that. Will Agnelli make peace with the fans? My fear and what I what I said yesterday on the match day live. That's my fear, Michael. My fear is that number one, Agnelli won't. Uh, give in. He will not give in. His ego, I do not believe, will allow him to get the curva back in there. Um, I think, and my fear is that uh, I think he would rather go almost a North American route in terms of support in getting organized cheerleaders in the crowd um, to kind of spur things on or whatnot or add to the atmosphere. You already saw 
a little bit of a gimmick type thing with the DJ there, Salmo and whatnot playing uh, before the one match and whatnot. It is, uh, yeah, that's just not it. That's just not it. I honestly truly believe he would rather go that route before bringing back the ultras. I don't see Agnelli ever bringing back the ultras. The only thing, maybe, just maybe, if the stadium continues to be that empty in matches, maybe, just maybe, if the revenue continues to drop, maybe, just maybe, he'll go and make things right. But I highly doubt it. Do any of you see him making things right or making peace with the Gurva? I can't see it. I absolutely cannot see it. I cannot see it. Um, Animesh says, uh, Kurva or not, at least fix the ticket prices. Um, yeah, yeah, you can do that. You can do that. You can fix the ticket prices. Um, they're, they're up there. They're up there. But, um, I mean... What's the difference? And I haven't looked into this and I will, I will so that we can continue because this is an ongoing discussion whatnot, but I'm curious where they stand amongst the other teams. So while we're throwing ticket prices and whatnot, I don't think we're far off of Milan and the San Siro has a much bigger capacity and they're not having problems. Sell. They're not having problems. Sell. So, there's more to it than just price. There's just there's more to it than just price, in my uh, personal opinion, because we can't be that far off in price from Inter and AC. I just I don't believe it. And uh, you've got two teams that are splitting that stadium, okay, uh, amongst that city, and again, much bigger capacity, and they're not having an issue selling out whatsoever. I just I can't. It's it just can't be just pricing. It can't be, can't be. Um, again, I just think a lot of it is that relationship, that relationship from fans and the club. And yeah, the curva is a big part of it, but uh, the performances are a big part of it. Performances are a big part of it. Um, you know, spending money, whether it's deemed too high or even just fine, whatnot. People will think twice if they're not going to be happy with what they're going to see. And that's just the reality. It's a reality. Uh, but do any of you think he'll make peace? I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, we got another storm in the barn here. What do you think of starting Vlaovic in a three-man attack versus Milan? Then near the 75th minute or so, we bring on Milik for Dushan. By then, Milan defenders will be tired and change how they defend. I'm okay with uh, with that and maybe trying to uh, not empty the clip, so to speak, in terms of all our guns right out of the gate by playing Milik and Dushan uh, at the start. But at the same time, if Milan is going to be depleted, I'd almost lean towards firing away with Milik and Dushan from the start and just taking it to them. So I'm fine either way, to be honest. Um, so we'll see. Michael say, can't... Can, can Elkin overpower Agnelli and bring back the ultras? The board could. I don't think they'd ever get involved in something like that, though. Just can't see it. Can't see it. Um, check it. Once Agnelli gets hit in the wallet, 
that might change it. Maybe. So Joe Cappuccino say maybe, just maybe, if it comes down to that, uh, the financials and the revenue being lost and whatnot. So we just have to wait and see, everybody. Just have to wait and see. But again, um, we wait and see. Milan is the big one coming up this weekend. Champions League, we've still got work to do, but at least we got that victory. This was the first time going into that match that Juve had dropped um, dropped basically two losses in their first two in a group stage uh, ever, basically. So, uh, yeah, sucks, but we turned it around, got that victory. Still a lot of work to do. There's many that still just say no chance. I won't say that. I won't say that. Still, I'm one of those guys. Wait until it's mathematically impossible, okay? Because I've seen wild things happen all the time, okay? So, Milan this weekend. You guys know the drill, okay? Tomorrow, we'll have daily update video. Saturday is match day. So, Saturday, we'll do the match day live, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, okay? The match is going to be at um, basically noon Eastern time. So join us for the match day live. I'm going to do a live watch along for that one. So you can share the reactions uh, live with me. I hope to see you all there. Okay. This is a big, big game. And uh, the ones that have been taken in the watch alongs uh, with me, they know that, um, oh yeah, I put myself through some uh, hell there in some of those matches. The Monza one was painful, so you all got to uh, experience uh, Al, what he looks like uh, after going through a war because I was looking like a mess after that one. The Salernitana debacle. Look, there's still good times, though, okay? And I still say this. I'm better than any of the announcers on Fubo at the very least, okay? So I will say that. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show. You guys are fantastic. I will remind you all, if you could please like the video, that would be fantastic. In terms of uh, our merch, if you're looking to support the store or, or the channel and shop at the store that's tied into YouTube here, check it out. There's new designs there, one celebrating uh, the epic moment against Inter from Iguain. It's all 15% off right now for the next four days. So take advantage if you're looking to support the channel there. If not, I'm still going to thank you all anyways for everything that you do joining in here on the live. Um, I've been coming to enjoy these solo sessions with just us, uh, you guys in the audience, and just myself. They're fantastic to do. I love them. Hope you guys all had a great time. Enjoy the victory, and we'll start looking ahead to Milan tomorrow. But for today, we enjoy the Champions League victory. We enjoyed the Di Maria show and wait for him to uh, finish his suspension in Syria and then start to take Syria by storm, okay? Um, again, as always, till next time, Fino alla fine, Forza Juve. We'll talk tomorrow on the daily update video, and then Saturday we got Milan, and hopefully we can beat the piss out of them, okay? So let's go. Ciao tutti.